Welcome back to Go Gaddis Real Estate Radio right here on AM 920. I'm Cleve Gaddis. Thanks for sticking with us through the break. This segment, we've got one of our favorite and most special guests, John Birchfield's Capital City Home Loans. We're going to talk about, does your loan officer have any incentives to steer you to certain loan products? Wouldn't you hate to get a mortgage and realize that somebody steered you into something that may or may not have been the best thing for you? How do today's low interest rates play into inflation? Meaning, how do those two things relate? And then what are common issues when applying for a mortgage? We also want to ask John a little something about loan commitment letters. Remember, if you want to connect with us, GoGaddis Radio is the place you do it. G-O-G-A-D-D-I-S radio.com. You can ask questions, make comments, push back, share ideas, request your neighborhood be featured in our neighborhood spotlight, and you can subscribe to our podcast all at gogaddisradio.com. Without further ado, John, welcome. Hey, Cleve. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm doing well. Good. It's, it's been a while since we've talked, and I'm always glad to have you. Uh, for those who listen to the show, they know that you are my preferred lender. Uh, any of the, the loans I do or my family does, it's, and mostly on investment properties lately, we do them all through you. So we trust you. We believe you have the heart of a teacher. I want to start with a question that came up yesterday. We are dealing with clients. Uh, one of them is based in Atlanta. One of them is based in New York. And before they agree to some changes on a the contract, they're looking for a loan commitment. Even they're calling it a conditional commitment, which, by the way, I know there is such a thing as a conditional commitment, or mm -hmm. I've seen one before. And so the borrower of this particular property, the buyer is getting a loan through Chase. We're mm -hmm. asking the buyer's agent, hey, can you get us this loan commitment letter? And what they continue to send us is a conditional approval, which was issued at the time they the buyer made or the borrower made their application. So what is a loan commitment letter and can you actually get one during the closing process? Uh, so a conditional commitment letter is means the loan is fully approved okay. and the lender is funding that loan. Okay. But here's the problem. Okay. That is not going to become available till within 48 hours of closing. And, and the by true the way, sense of a commitment letter. Is that because of the the three day, the, that 72 hours to get your paperwork together. What is, what is triggering so that? What's, what's triggering that 48 hours is, is that we have to re-verify employment. We have to re-verify whether or not the borrower has opened up any new debts within 48 hours of loan funding. So it is impossible in the true sense of the word to provide a commitment letter, meaning the lender is writing the check no matter what. And so you're within that 48 hours. Got it. Outside of that, it is always will be a conditional commitment letter. Give the lender some wiggle room left or right to get out of it uh, if things go badly and the borrower chooses to buy a Ferrari or loses his job. Mm -hmm. That's right. And, and those things, I mean, you certainly knock on wood and I feel for any borrower or buyer who has that happen. But I mean, we've had situations where the worst thing you can imagine happens, and that is the borrower passes away. And, uh, you mm -hmm. know, whatever commitment letter you have then certainly is of no use to anybody. So you're always kind of taking your chances and rolling the dice just a little bit. Very common in today's world. And I would say, you know, 95 out of 100 deals close or 90 out of 100 deals close. It's certainly way closer to 100 than, than zero. So any final comments on loan commitment letters? Well, I would say that don't get for sellers and agents to not get hyper focused on commitment letters. What they need is a trusted local lender that they can hold accountable mm -hmm. to 
following up and meeting the obligations of their conditional loan approvals that are commonplace. So as long as they're working with trusted professionals that they know is going to follow through, then don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. If someone wants to reach you, John, give us the number. 678-226-7887. John Birchfield, Capital City Home Loans. Does a loan officer, John, have any incentive to steer a borrower to one product type over another? In other words, are there products like an FHA or VA loan, for example, where a lender might make a lot more money because of whatever incentives are being offered to them? And does the loan officer, the person who's making the, the recommendations, do they have the ability to make more money? I would hate to get into a 30-year mortgage and realize about 24 payments into it that my loan officer was motivated to steer me to something that might not have been in my best interest. Yeah, prior to 2010, this was one of the industry's dirty little secrets, is that loan officers' compensation was directly related to what type of loan product yep. a borrower chose and what kind of interest rate they received. And that was a really black eye on the industry. And thankfully, one of the best things to come out of the economic crash and the legislation that came about afterwards right. was a, a provision of the Dodd-Frank Act called the Loan Officer Compensation Act. Hmm. And it literally forbids a loan officer's compensation from being tied to whatever loan product or whatever interest rate or whatever fees a borrower pays. It's so, completely so, so let, me, let me make sure I understand this. So let, let's just say you made a $100,000 loan, or let's just say you made a $300,000 loan, more realistic in today's world. Then if you made a $300,000 conventional loan or USDA loan or FHA loan or VA loan or, what, or maybe even a non-conforming product, if you had something like that, then your pay would be sort of the same percentage of all of those loans. That's right. The only factor that can be can be a determining factor loan by loan yep. is the loan amount. Right, right. right. Which How makes sense, by the way. Of Which the makes loan sense. Makes sense. Because almost everything in a real estate transaction is based on the amount. You know, title insurance is, is more expensive for a $500,000 home than it is for a $250,000 home. John, thank you so much for clarifying that. So when you're working with your loan officer, that loan officer should have no incentive to steer you to a product that is that is not right for you. And I encourage you, if you're thinking, oh my gosh, I'm worried, I wanna make sure I get the loan product, just dig deep and ask lots of questions. And I think the things, John, and you correct me if I'm wrong, that you wanna know is how much money am I gonna to have to bring to closing? What are the fees to compare apples to apples? And how much am I gonna pay on a monthly basis? There's certainly some fees, you know, like closing attorney fee, title insurance, homeowners insurance, property taxes that the lender has nothing to do with. Uh, and so you need to break those things out. So any, any recommendations there? Well, the only thing that I would add to that is make sure that they're working with an experienced loan officer that um, knows all the loan programs because the industry is full of loan officers that kind of just know one choice yeah. so that they steer that borrower to that choice because it's easy. And that's not the right thing. You need a loan officer that's well-versed in all of the loan programs the market has to offer so that they can make sure that they're matching the borrower up with the right loan program. And you know, you probably need somebody that is a little math oriented, uh, mm -hmm. meaning you got to have somebody that can just look at the facts. I had, this is going to sound terrible. I grew up here in Metro Atlanta and it was in the landscaping business as a teenager. And I had a client who lived in Horseshoe Bend at the time, a very nice subdivision on Holcomb Bridge Road. And um, he made big money, John. This was in the in the 80s. He made big money. 
but I'm sorry. This is going to sound terrible, and I'm judging him, and 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 I, I'm probably going to go to heck for this. But but I mean, like, I I didn't understand how the man found his way home. Like he was not. I'm like, what? none of those folks. What you're getting all of this, and he was making money hand over fist. And I think it's so great. And I encourage anybody out there who's looking to get a loan to work with someone you know and trust. Quick questions. We've got about five minutes left in the segment. What should borrowers today be thinking about interest rates as they relate to the rate of inflation? This is a very interesting concept, and people don't really think about this. So give it, give us your take. Yeah, well, inflation's all the talk in the marketplace, right? I mean, we know that the cost of pretty much everything is on the rise. Um, you can't pump the economy full of trillions and trillions of stimulus money coming out of the pandemic and not expect that to have some, some type of um, uh, effect on inflation. Right, right. Inflation being the general rise in the cost of everything, every yep. good and service that we that we have to, to deal with. Right. The reason that that relates to interest rate is because if we're lending... Uh, in your example, $300,000 today yes. and expecting that money to be returned over 30 years, then we've got to anticipate what that $300,000 would be worth over 30 years. Yep. And if I can't buy what in 30 years with $300,000, what I can buy today in 30 years, then I've got to charge a higher rate of interest to cover that difference. Mm -hmm. So as inflation goes up, interest rates will always go up. That's a basic, mm. basic economic principle. So that's so interesting. Well, let me mention something that I heard somebody say the other day, John, that's sort of the kind of the flip side of that. But when interest rates are at or near the historic rate of inflation, and let's just say the historic rate of inflation is 3%. I don't know if that's right or wrong, but it's got to be close to it. Yep. And if interest rates are at 3%, then what they said was, and it fascinated me, is that the value of the property you're financing will increase faster or at the same pace as your interest rate. So if you paid $10,000 a year in interest and that interest rate was right at the rate of inflation, the value of your property might go up, you know, $11,000 or $12,000 for the year, which means the property is appreciating enough to make all of the interest payments, which is really a fascinating way to look at it when interest rates are low. 100% accurate. Yeah, that's 100% accurate. What we're thinking about is, is, is the, a borrower's decision whether to buy today versus next year and where interest rates might be. Um, you know, so when we, when we think about where interest rates might be headed in the future, the inflationary data would indicate that it's, they're probably going up. The, what we don't see behind that is that the folks buying mortgage-backed securities and fixed-income securities are worldwide, and there's still an enormous demand for those type of investments. And that is still driving interest rates low, low, lower than inflation. And that's what's creating the big housing boom. Well, anytime, and you've said this before, John, anytime there's something crazy going on in the world, all the money flocks to the U.S. And, yep. and I think it flocks here because they put it here and they believe that this is their greatest chance of getting it back. Um, that's right. Certainly, uh, if, you, if, if you live here, you are not absolutely positive that the U.S. government makes all the right decisions in order to pay off all of its debt. But the reality is, I think it's much safer here than it is other places. we got about a minute left in the segment, John. And for those of you who just joined us, you're listening to Go Gaddis Real Estate Radio on AM 920, The Answer. I'm Cleve Gaddis, your host. I'm joined on the line by John Birchfield of Capital City Home Loans. What are just a few common pitfalls for borrowers applying for a mortgage? Like what do they, what trips them up? Uh, I know sometimes sourcing funds, things like that, just a couple of things. <laughs> sourcing funds, you nailed it. Uh, there's one thorn in our side and it's just the way folks might have 
uh, a lot of cash on hand that right when they get ready to buy a house, they stick that money into their checking account. Um, it's amazing how regularly that happens, that people might be having $20,000, $30,000 at home in cash. Um, a lot of cryptocurrency is a huge thing. So that's a problem. Um, so, and I guess the deadline is get the money where it needs to be at least 60 days before you get ready to have your, before your loan is underwritten. Is that good advice? You nailed it. That's awesome. Exactly right. John, as always, happy to have you on as a guest. We'll have you back again real soon. In our next segment, how do you find motivated and reasonable sellers in today's super low inventory market? Can you borrow money to buy a home and improve the home? John, I wish you were on for that segment. And how does inventory for sale this year compare to last year on a month-by-month -month, month -month basis all throughout the U.S.? Stick with us. We'll cover those subjects and more. We'll be back.